0: Hello and welcome to the and podcast where we talk to social innovators and disruptors to discover how they would shape a new more inclusive economic system fit for the modern world. This week we're talking to Safia Mini. Safia is best known as the founder of pioneering ethical fashion brand People Tree, where every product as well as being stylish is made to the highest ethical and environmental standards from start to finish. Safia is a trailblazer in ethical business and a leading influencer in sustainability, fair trade, and fighting modern slavery. She has written nine books and is currently working on leadership for sustainability and climate action.
1: Okay, so it's fantastic. We're speaking to Safia Mini today, who's uh, down south in, in, in London, um, and um, is joining us for the Newism uh, um, podcast. So I've known you for a, a, a great number of years, you are know, the, the the founder of People Tree. Um, so first of all, tell us what are you what are you up to these days?
2: <laughs> what am I up to these days? Gosh, um, well, I'm I'm still very much the uh, um, the, the the social entrepreneur. Um, I'm uh, I'm doing a lot of work in um, in, in climate change campaigning. Um, at the same time. Um, I'm still involved with People Tree as a non-executive director, um, and I'm trying to start an exciting new project, which is uh, uh, to build with um, with a community um, where, where I'm living at the moment, there Letchworth, um, a sustainability centre. So um, yes, I think I'm doing lots of different things at the moment.
1: Oh, well, that, that's great. Maybe maybe going back to um, uh, Pe- People Tree. Um, and your which you, was all about fair trade fashion um so the the concept of well, people buying um ethically uh, sourced and and um the fair trade principle of of, of paying people a, a good wage for the, for 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 their labor um tell me a bit about uh how you started that and what people tree was all about
2: Yeah, well, I started People Tree in Japan, um, yes, nearly 30 years ago. It started from an organization called Global Village, um, which was really campaigning on uh, building awareness of sustainable living um, and uh, bringing information together, but also looking at the alternatives to support local social enterprise, organic food movements, fair trade products in in my new home, Tokyo, at the time. Um, And then I realized there wasn't really very much a fair trade product um so i went about setting up the first fair trade and organic supply chain so i, I think i mean at first i'm a you know i think i was first a human rights activist then i was a an ecologist and for me you know people tree was really very much um a vehicle uh, to create change so you know i think you know if we look at people tree today it makes great clothes in japan it's also got you know as well as clothing it's got foods and crafts which are very high on social impact and very low on environmental impact, but that was really never enough. I mean, we 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 were looking really to to question and to overhaul um, the system, a system that we feel um, doesn't put you know people and the environment as as central as as the priority, which we really feel that it should be. So, as I think, you know, we've been we've been working with uh, Fairtrade organizations fair trade groups progressive groups cooperatives giving them capacity building um, skills um, helping them to get organic certification then fair trade certification uh, and all of the inputs so that they can design products that are truly desirable because without that um, it's not possible to sustain a business commercially so you know that's been very exciting for for us personally you know building proof that actually a different way of doing business is possible um, one that works with the most economically disadvantaged people in the global south at the same time creating beautiful products that will sell in some of the most you know gorgeous stores in um in you know in japan in in germany you know around the world really today there are about more than a thousand stockers of people treat product um, and of course the online uh, websites too but i think you know What's been really important, certainly to me personally, is, is looking at how we can use um, the People Tree model to really inspire um, not only, you know, uh, people who are buying things—I don't like the word consumers—but also other other fashion companies, policymakers, um, to really prove that a different way of doing business is possible.
1: So, you, you, I mean, you've been really successful with People Tree, and it must be really, really hard because that whole area of the, the fashion industry. Um, it is, is, is fraught with kind of ethical challenges and practical difficulties, but you've been successful about it. I, 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 with it, I, I'd like to kind of come back to a point you made there about the, the, the system. So, you, you, you've developed, you developed, you've, you've shown something that can be works, is sustainable, but actually, it's the system that's at fault, and that's what this newism uh, podcast really is all about. It's about it, you know, how do we change the system completely? Because although you are doing great work and it proves it works and fair trade is, is understood as a concept, the whole thing is still very, very small compared with the whole. How, how do we go about taking the models that you've created and concepts like fair trade so that we can actually change the system completely um, uh, to make it a, a fairer world?
2: Well, I think it's I think it's really simple. Um, yeah, we, we have the ideas, we have the talent, we have the the scientific understanding, we just lack the political will. You know, we need policy that will start to create a level playing field so that you know, the fantastic ideas of, of social enterprise and progressive business truly have a chance of mainstreaming. And and I think, you know, that's that's one reason why um, I, I joined Extinction Rebellion because, you know, the frustrations, you know, running, running not only you know people tree but working as managing director of Posu is that, you know, businesses like ours, um, we, you know, we, we're trying to create this race to the top in this environment where there's this race to the bottom and, and really inadequate legislation, um, and you know, it's 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 just it's just not enough. We need we need to move the pendulum. I'm really excited that yesterday, you know, after um, the, the, you, you Scottish and, and the Welsh, you know, I mean, it's, it's not the government, but the, the UK parliament did declare a climate emergency, which is, which is, which is progress. And it's all enough. Now comes the hard work of, of the action and, and making that change. We need a citizens assembly. You know, we need a proper structure to driving um, the change.
1: And 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 the change is getting to, to, to what though? I mean, ideally in terms of the area of, of of trade, let's concentrate on that. What what does trade look like in the world? I mean, you know, are we having to in the future up for this planet, does it mean we're going to have to consume? I know you didn't like the word earlier, but are we going to have to consume less? Um, and 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 what does that mean then for potential em, employment? Ha, um, are we going to to, to Stop trading so much to stop goods being uh, um, delivered around the world um, uh, in, in planes, etc., et, et and, and 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 source um, product locally. These have big big implications to the current system. Um, so there's some fundamental changes n- need to take place within the economic system uh, uh, um, uh, f- for this to work.
2: Yes, I I, I entirely agree with you. Um. I think now what we're looking at is, you know, whole scale change of, of, of how we consume and how we live and how we do business. Um, you're absolutely right. You know, we're, we're going to have to start buying locally. I, I, I see that we will start um, you know, manufacturing more locally. Um, I think there is a, um, you know, a very great need to be, if we're, if we're buying, um, you know, buying um, with a view to creating value addition, you know paying people well, but also you know buying in such a way that we we're reducing the amount of resources that are being used to 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 make the product and the amount of pollution that is being generated in making the product you know if we look at if we look at fast fashion, which is you know, the price of a you know a, a lunch these days it's ridiculously you know ridiculously cheap, um consuming it four times as many clothes as, as, as when i was a teenager i mean there is you know there's a there's a clear discord with um with you know with with valuing um natural resources and, and valuing actually the the, the people that, that make our clothes so there is going to be you know a huge transition to you know a, a carbon uh, a carbon zero economy which you know i think mean, you know, many of us would like to see come into being by 2025, not by 2030, I think you know, we, we're setting ourselves up for ruin um, if in fact we think that we can just you know, tinker around the edges and, and not look at things like um, transportation and aviation and, and actually everything that's based on um, the, the oil, um, the, the, the oil uh, and fossil fuels economy
1: yeah so so in in, in some ways that, that, that it's not just about looking after the climate what we're talking about here if we're going to go down this route is actually a major shift in 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 the economy the way the way uh, uh people perceive issues critical issues like employment because if we're going to say we're going to consume less and if we're going to say that actually we, have, we want to value product then presumably prices are going to go up um uh, and therefore, wages will have to go up if if uh, people are going to be aff- to afford um, ethical and fairly traded uh, products. Um, so it's a major shift going on. Do, do you think th- th- it, maybe we're talking about the, the the end of globalization as it's called, and and we're we moving more towards localization?
2: I think I think we will be moving towards localization, but we'll also be looking at. You know some of the structures that keep the global south poor and have kept it impoverished they you know, the kind of neo-colonialism that that is still causing you know massive social injustice and poverty and human rights violation because then international trade comes in with you know with, with no respect even for paying the minimum wages despite you know, the, you know many of the british businesses having having you know agree that yes they'll pay minimum wages in countries like Bangladesh and Cambodia and the like. You know, more than 50% of, of um, garment factory workers don't even receive a, a minimum wage, let alone a living wage. So I think you're absolutely right. There will be there will be a huge move towards localisation, but we will also have to start looking at um, you know this kind of subsidy upon which Britain is built. But I'm very very excited about the new economies that will come through regenerative economics um, because I, I feel you know if you look for example, at um, you know the average citizen, more than twenty percent of their carbon emissions is through um, their home, their heating um, and we're going to have to retrofit you know our our housing stock I mean seventy percent of our housing stock in two thousand and fifty um, will be you know old housing, and we're going to have to um, to 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 re insulate it. We're going to have to look at different ways of of reducing um, CO2 emissions from our homes. So there are going to be thousands and thousands and thousands of jobs created by the new green economy. So I'm I'm extremely hopeful of of that. Um, you know the community in which I'm living at the moment. You know there's already a, a huge resurgence to you know growing growing stuff in allotments and swapping, growing growing and buying locally. There's, you know, lots of discussion about how we shop plastic-free, you know, how we um, try to avoid taking holidays that involve, you know, flying. There's there's a a lot of very, very healthy debate about how we do things differently. And and the result of that will also be to look at at how we create incomes and jobs um, going forward.
1: Yeah, so I agree, it, it is very exciting. It's very transformational because... You're talking about having a completely different economy. Though the moment, you know, the, the challenge is, you know, when I, when I was younger, the, the big um, barometer was always about unemployment. Nowadays, um, it's almost become an irrelevant uh, statistic because um, people um, might have two or three jobs and we count it as, as employed, not on the employment register, if you like. Um, but they're just having to have these jobs to make ends meet. Um, uh, and so the, you know, the, the government will say there's more people than ever who, who, who are in employment, but that actually hides quite a lot about what's going on because you have another barometer which shows in the UK a month-on-month increase in people going to food banks. So we somehow, um, in, in the new economy that you're talking about, need to make sure that the jobs that people are doing uh, insulating houses or building new houses or whatever are actually genuinely quality jobs um so, so how how are we going to make sure that that happens if you agree with that uh, in in this new um uh, new regenerative uh, phase
2: well oh, i mean that's that's i'm afraid I'm not a specialist in in that area um you know there's i mean there there are lots of new um, models and, and discussions and debates that are happening um, and I think you know that one that I'm very interested in also is this, this universal basic income um, you know kind of a no strings attached some from the state um, to cover uh, a basic cost of living because you know when we from the limited research that I've done when we look at how these models work in other countries what we find is that you know people can you know, use that opportunity they know <clears throat> they know what what will help them what will help their families they know um you know what kind of training they need they know they know you know what kind of food they should be eating then they'll they'll prioritize for themselves the right thing um and i think um you know to me discussions and debates around that topic also help because i think we need to really be looking at what helps to empower the individual um having said that you know i'm you know, I'm deeply frustrated with what's happened over the last you know, 10, 15 years, or probably 20 years, actually, this kind of rolling back of the state where, you know, every, everything that was there to make community life, um, you know, um, strong and supportive has, has really been undermined and, and pulled apart. And I think that, that has to stop. You know, we need to start investing in, in community.
1: And, 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 and do you think that the government has a role around that then? Because, you know, in some other people I've interviewed, we've talked about how, how big or small a state might be. But in something, what you're imagining going forward, the state does have a role, actually, and presumably pays for what it's doing through, through, through collecting taxes. That, that's a fundamental part of, 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 of the, the way the economy would be in the future.
2: Yes, I do. I do. I mean, if we look at, for example, um, you know what what's happened in local authorities cutting support, you know across the board with with services to um, elderly people or or to people that need you know special forms of support, um, you know it, it's it's um it, it's horrific, and you know we do need to see um, grants again made available to people who are you know switching. Um, You know, switching to to greener energies and to insulation, insulating their homes, which will in turn, you know, create a boom of 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 jobs and opportunities. So I think, you know, this this the sense that, um, you know, just let the market get on with its get on with its thing and everything will be fine. I think we we now, um, you know, it's become really really clear. Um, not not only because we have, you know, scientists. Saying you know this, that we, we have a, we have as, a, as an international society this 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 transformation that is ahead of us and we need to we need a deep change and if you look at the reports out there there is no question um, you know we, we can't look forward to a status quo in twenty years time so, you know, it's just it's just not possible so everyone accepts that a deep change is necessary and now it's really continuing to uh, to to have the public and, and business actually putting the pressure on on the government um, for for policy and for legislation and the tools that need to drive that process forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, absolutely right. I mean, and but we have to have some values. I think. I mean, the, if you're looking at this as a new economic model, the you know the economists of the past have always based their their theories on values. And one one of the areas that you've written about and. Um, passionate about is 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 modern slavery and 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 so somehow it's it's a question of kind of um uh, releasing people from slavery by making sure that the income that's generated from this 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 regenerative uh, uh model that you're talking about is actually um available to everybody and, and and releasing them from from getting paid next to nothing for 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 working say in the garment industry but you've written quite a lot about this and and do you think that um, this, you know, um, focus on the climate uh, um, um, economy um, could release people from this situation.
2: Well, I, I, yes, I do. I think it well. It, it begins to to look at, at at social justice and environmental justice, and you know, these are topics that you know you and I, from 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 different perspectives. Um, have been working on for for decades, and I think there hasn't, sadly, you know, until now, there really hasn't been uh, the momentum. You know, people have have not questioned, you know, in the in the numbers that they are now, that the system the system is is dysfunctional. It is it has led us to wreck and ruin, um, and you know, so much so, you know, that that you know, if 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 the Arctic melts in four years, you know, food production will will be, you know, hugely <laughs> undermined. Uh, we, we we may end up starving. You know, it, I mean it's it so urgent and it's so clear that the system that everyone was behind and that, you know, frankly, you know, a lot of people have invested their reputation, their 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 careers upholding unquestionably, you know, fighting off people that you know that that uh, you know, to talk about human rights or talk about social justice and environmental justice. So I think you know, there has been this huge vested and there still is this huge vested interest in it and therefore denial. So I think, you know, we're moving into an era where we are starting to question, you know, en masse this this functional system that we are part of. And let's face it, you know, we are also complicit in holding it up. You know. So I think there's there isn't a huge transformation. I'm really I'm really hopeful I see that social justice and environmental justice do go together um, you know of course it's, it's going to take a lot of hard work um, I think the the Modern Slavery Act that came into being at the end of 2015 you know which was actually largely progressive business you know the ETI Ethical Trade Initiative and many of its members that push for transparency of supply chains to be part of it um, has meant that it's given a name to the exploitation of of, uh, of workers in the global south and and that the, the name has, has generated a lot of activity now so at board levels they're, they're obliged if you're a, a company with 36 million turnover or more um, you're obliged to, uh, to publish a, a, a modern slavery report to talk about what you're doing to eradicate slavery in your supply chain um, on your website um, and the first year, not surprisingly, because it, it, it wasn't funded and supported in the way that I wish it had been, or many of us wish it had been, you know, there is now, you know, uh, there was very little um, substance to many of the modern slavery reports. But now we're seeing that companies are really getting under their supply chains, they're mapping them, they're understanding how, for example, um, recruiters in, in in countries are exploiting workers, there's the... Um, the, the the Just Good Work app, which has been you know very, very interesting in helping, for example, <clears throat> a migrant worker looking for a job in Kenya, thinking about moving to Qatar, for example, you know, what are what are their rights? What can they expect in Qatar? You know, so all of these these little initiatives are coming together to protect workers' rights. So I feel I feel you know once you name something, um, then energies come behind it and you start to see um, very, very real change. Um, you know, it's not quick enough, but we, we just have to, we have to keep working on it. And we have to keep, I think, very, very hopeful. Um, and, uh, you know, I would love to see a list from published by the British government of the, you know, 17,000 companies that should be publishing their modern slavery report. We don't have it yet. It's madness. Um, you know, I would love to see that so that you know, different NGOs and citizens' groups and and, and 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 citizens could 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 look at this list and say, right, okay, do I want to buy from this company or that company? Who's who's really engaging with exploitation and modern slavery? Do I want to buy this company's products or not? You know, at the moment, you know, it's very very difficult to actually uh, get the information to make that decision.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I think you're putting your kind of finger on kind of the central central issues here. But it's about um, in terms of trade, customers really understanding uh, the companies that they're buying from, either product or services, um, who they're actually engaging with. Um, and I think, um, I mean, you in part have, 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 have led the way here in, in, in getting companies to understand their role. And some, you know, have taken this on genuinely and, and changed their, 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 uh, the way they work. Others, however, just kind of sail on and don't, don't, don't really care. Um, and um, there's a, there's a bit of that still in, in in the population I think where people are aren't, 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 aren't really so, ca- so cared about about the environment around them changing I think but um, uh, much more to do
2: yes definitely you know when when, when I started writing books about um, uh, about uh, uh, social enterprise or fair trade or, or sustainable fashion I think um, you know, what, what what was clear was that you know the, you 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 certainly had the the conscious consumer the ethical consumer you know, probably I was one of that first generation of ethical consumers back in the early days of the nineties um, and, and you know we have that now and then you have a lot of people that will say well yes I'd spend you know a little bit more if I knew that the product was slavery free and, and and made with respect to the environment well the truth is that there is a huge gap in what people say they would do and what people do. And there's, there are reasons for that. You know, the gap is partly that of um, uh, you know, a whole media and marketing system. You know, the, 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 the fact that, that companies who are built on slavery will have, you know, have much greater economies of scale, therefore be putting much more money into advertising their products, the kind of seduction of, of us um, to, to buy their products. And of course, you know, the ethical, social business players are are smaller because they've built their their, their scale um on, on supporting their workers and paying them fair wages and designing and developing supply chains that, that that cost money to develop, you know, um and have built the standards and have built the market and built the awareness. So you know, I think you know, we we need to we need to understand that the state that the gap there is where we we do need for media to take responsibility to start really profiling and supporting social business and the alternatives not just oh well the advertising revenue comes from this oil company or this fast fashion company uh so you know let's let's keep the let's keep the fast fashion flag burning you know uh fly let's keep the fast fashion flag flying i mean i think there's a real a real need now for for media to to take um, to take responsibility and to to start telling the truth about about what's happening in in the context of slavery, in the context of of climate collapse.
1: It, it's interesting because a, a, a key part of of anything moving forward is is is, is the media, and you mentioned them. Uh, one of the challenges I think in the media is that it, is is the ownership of it. So you're not necessarily getting um, uh, all sides of the story, and, and, and so. In in the changing world, I think media has to change as well, so that the information that that that, that we can we glean to find out about the products that we're buying genuinely um, uh, is available to us, and that, that comment ca- can come around it. But it used to be very much of you know the media's response was when they were criticised, well don't shoot the messenger. But actually, the problem is the messengers become too 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 uh, too big, and um, uh, it, it is, is is actually leading the, the the debate rather than actually being the messenger. So, um, a lot of people say that we actually have to change the structure of the media to be able to get um, get to the uh, messages out around the work that you're doing, for example. Is that something you agree with? Yes,
2: you're absolutely right. The the ownership sets the agenda, um, and and then of course there's um, the, the advertiser gets the coverage. So, if if the advertiser is, um, you, we we know the biggest polluters on the planet are oil. Second to that, fashion and textile. Um, you know, so, when these budgets come, you know, if you look at the automobile industry. You know, you, you have very very little debate because there's no policy in in place to stop us buying large cars that we don't need. Uh, car companies make make more money from them. So, you know, so the, you know again. You know, here's a downward spiral into you know, miscommunication you know a kind of a, a seduction to 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 jump on a product that, that actually is destroying our planet and or in the case of fast fashion often you know, deeply undermining um the the, the workers right by paying them a pittance in the developing world you know it's just not all so i think we need to hold media accountable we need to recognize that 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 we are you know we are by virtue of being in the first world, even if we consider ourselves progressive and ethical consumers. You know, we are complicit in this. You know, we have to use our voices to stand up for the the economically marginalized, whether they're they're based here in Britain or or they're in Bangladesh or or India. Um, We we do need to get this, this voice of the people out there and it will come from demanding that, That media is more responsible and that government um, really starts putting in place policy to to mainstream the best ideas because as I say again there's no shortage of great ideas it's the political will um, and then the messenger actually that is not um, allowing us to get these ideas to come to fruition. And and the other thing is that I think finance is beginning to step up so we have now many uh, pension funds that are getting, you know, having pressure put on them by labour unions, by um, citizens, even uh, even progressive companies that are now looking at the the ESGs, the environment, social, and government standards, and they're going to uh, to fast fashion companies, for example, also, and they're saying, "Hang on, what are you doing about modern slavery? What are you doing about microfibers and your 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 Procurement of of synthetics. You know, what what are you doing about water usage? You know, we want to know about your company against the sustainable development goals, and that has really changed the debate over the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it has and um, you know, one of the the, the areas that I, I'm interested in talking to you about is kind of the, the pioneering work that you're doing, other social entrepreneurs. Um, and sometimes it's we're offering our own, doing our own thing, um, and sometimes in, 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 it's, it's it's great work. But 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 we're on our own. Do you think that more could possibly be done here with, with the social entrepreneurs, or or maybe even linking up with some progressive companies um, uh, to to band together to lobby more effectively? I mean, you're saying that government is key. Uh, but 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 the but the will or the legislation isn't there. Should we be doing more? It's very much been that the social entrepreneurs have been, if you like, in a sense, non-political because they've just been getting on doing their thing. And some, as I say, being very very effective. But actually, should we, uh, as social entrepreneurs, a group, should we come together, be a bit more uh, vocal in terms of some of the key changes that we want to see?
2: Well, I have a question for you now what which are the networks of social enterprises that you see are the most significant in in the UK and Europe
1: uh, I mean for, for me um, up here in Scotland we have a, a network called Senscot, which is which is a network of social media it's really network um, and um, you know uh, I'm part of uh, Ashoka and and the Schwab foundations but but, uh, but they they're very much networks um, uh, and and the the key is the definition of network, um, and and they do a lot of a lot of good work, and they help us connect together, um, help us learn and understand. Um, but but I would probably say that actually in terms of a a movement, if you like, that, that's not what where we're at at the moment with 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 the social entrepreneurs. Partly possibly because we're just kind of busy getting on doing what we're doing, which is hard enough without being able to. To look up too much too often. Part of the newism is, 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 is to try and get us to look up and say, hey, what is it What is it we're trying to create here? And, 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 and can we coalesce around what we're trying to create? What do you think?
2: Yes. Uh, um, well, I, I think, you know, like yourself, um, I'm, I'm a member of, of some, some uh, networks and um, you know i i 've really enjoyed being part of them um, I, I think that it 's been somewhat enriching it's, um, it's not it 's not necessarily helped me to glean expertise to running my organizational company better um, necessarily but it's it 's kind of given me you know it 's tough at the top isn 't it when you 're running a business when you 're doing it in a, an unconventional way so I think um, in that in that respect it's been it's been very helpful but um you know i, I think there's there's very there's very limited I, I i feel that there is very limited benefit to being part of those organizations you know when you're working you know as, as i certainly um you know have done you know 78 hours a week um and you know you're trying to to, to make a, a business model work against despite everything <laughs> well, that's how it feels um yeah. you know it, it's uh, you know it's it, it's nice because it, it takes you out of that feeling of, of of isolation but actually you know does it help you you know um you know it, it's also the case with you know winning awards you know it, it's it's lovely to win an award but actually does that help you to uh, to achieve or deliver on your mission well you know actually no it doesn't um so i, I you know so i i i i'm I wouldn't say that I'm cynical or jaded, but yeah, I'd love to see a platform that truly helped social entrepreneurs. And and as yet, I don't, I don't think there is, there is such a thing. Um, You know, I've been working as an executive coach um, and I've been coaching young social entrepreneurs and female entrepreneurs um, and, you know, something that, that did that on a much, much larger scale, I think, could be really useful and one of the reasons why i'm um, looking at developing the center for sustainability would be to have leadership courses that would help um to to, to build uh, skill sets and capabilities and mindsets um for this this new age where people are transforming and having to, to take uh, their organizations and sometimes their industry with them through this huge transformation so um so that that's i think something that, that is very much needed and a new way of building um leadership for sustainability.
1: Yeah, I, I mean I think that there's so much um that the social entrepreneurs such as yourself have learnt in, in the journey sometimes as I would attest to very difficult times, uh, very very challenging, but but come through. So there's a huge amount of, of collective wisdom, if if you will, been built up. Um, but it's it's a question of how do we articulate that wisdom and 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 use it to say hey look you know to government or whoever we we have a tr- collective track record here of doing xyz which has had the, the following impact and actually this is the way ahead i suspect that that governments um and and, and other legislators are struggling um to, to to work out how to move this forward and actually social entrepreneurs have got a really good uh, voice uh, and track record to, to, to provide, um, very, uh, meaningful and effective advice. So, um, but, but I do find always, I think that, 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 that the problem is with the social entrepreneurs at the moment, we're just so busy doing what we're doing as, as, as you say, that we just don't have the headspace to look up to this. So it's, it, the question is how do we, how do we capture that? I think. And in, in some ways in newism, it is, a, is a, a, a you know, a podcast and we're, we're trying to, um, uh, Uh, articulate some of this in a way, and we'll write some things down about it, but um, maybe there's some other ways in in addition to doing it that that, that we could look at.
2: Well, yes, I'd be be really interested in hearing your ideas, Mel. That would be great. Let's definitely do that.
1: Yeah, and, 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 you know, your Centre for Sustainability, um, uh, it it seems like a very practical, uh, uh, great thing to do. So how 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 is that going at the moment <laughs> well it's
2: top secret <laughs> so yes i'm i'm putting together the um the business plans and putting together the the teams um and uh, yeah it's, it's it's very very exciting so um yeah so what's this
1: space? Uh, we, we certainly will. so we'll we'll finish now on this on this very positive a uh, uh, note as ever Taffy, it's great talking to you, and your your passion and and, and drive to, to create change is, is is fabulous. And you know your contribution to the debate, and you you termed it that we're moving into this new age. It's potentially very very exciting, but I suspect a lot of hard work to do, and a lot a lot of uh, convincing of people to get them to understand what's going on in the in in in, in the world. But I'm extremely grateful for your time uh, today uh, to talk to talk to us. And uh, we look forward to catching up in the in the future. So thank you very much.
2: Thank you, Mel. Yeah, very delighted and very honored to be part of your podcast. And, and thanks for thanks for a lovely chat.
0: The way we do trade will be a critical component of a newism, and governments all over the world could learn a lot from Safi's positive, proactive approach to ethics and sustainability. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and that you'll join us next week to hear from another great guest. If you have a moment, please do rate and review us on iTunes so that more people can discover the extraordinary potential of social entrepreneurs to create a fairer economic system for the world.